It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Don't let the current BYU roster fool you. They will be portal shopping both basketball and football-wise going into the spring slash summer. How important is it for both of those programs? Got some intel on that. We'll also talk about what Mark Pope had to say about his end-of-the-year media session and also answering the rest of your questions on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto is your team every day, and as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. This episode, our title sponsors are friends over at FanDuel, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with our friends at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, diving right in on today's show, and uh, obviously I didn't get to all the questions you guys sent in for our mailbag uh, segment that we typically do on our Thursday show, so I'm carrying it over here to our Friday edition of the podcast. And one question in particular came in that actually spurred me to start asking around a little bit more about what's going on with BYU football during spring ball, and it comes from Jordan Royal at J underscore Royal 09 on Twitter. He says, any rumblings on football transfers either leaving the program or coming in? Now, I would assume after spring ball wraps up for BYU, when they officially wrap things up, April 15th is when they have slated they will finish up their spring ball period. Well, uh, half a month later, uh, two or three weeks later, two and a half weeks later, I suppose, they are going to have the portal opening on May 1st. Despite what Dave McCann might be reporting, it is May 1 is when that uh, window should be opening based on everything that I have read in doing my research. Now, it's been very well chronicled. They have it on the record from both Aaron Roderick and Fessy Satake that BYU will be pursuing Pursuing wide receivers in the transfer portal, and that's not breaking news. That I'm here to say it's it's on the record. They know they need to shore up that wide receiver position. Do they need to find an out and out number one guy in the transfer portal at wide receiver? Not necessarily, but they like to find some pieces that can come in and compete for playing time right away. I think the wide receiving core at BYU, as it stands right now, is pretty decent. All things considered, you got three top guys. Speaking of Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts, and Cody Epson theory, that should lead BYU in receiving yardage, you would imagine, barring some sort of injury, etc. But you need to have depth behind that. And there are young players that are coming in or are already in the program. Guys, I could go down the list if you really wanted to, but I'm not going to bore you with that. Uh, I think of Josiah Phillips coming in from the high school ranks. Uh, Parker Kingston, who has been a speedster his entire life, coming out of Roy High School just a couple of years ago. There is a big opportunity for a lot of those guys to step up, but are they going to be ready to go and be able to answer the bell come game one against Sam Houston State? And that's the question that BYU has to answer on that front with regards to the wide receivers. Now, uh, in terms of the transfers out, I don't have specific details on that, but I would assume you will see some guys uh, leave the program during the transfer portal period. They may be dissatisfied with the scheme that BYU is running, their role in it, etc., whether it's offensively and defensively, and decide to look elsewhere. In terms of other uh, positions that BYU will look at uh, to come into the program, uh, I was talking with some people, and they said the cornerback remains a thing that BYU will look at on defense. They've got a nice trio of 
guys. Speaking of Jacob Robinson, Maury Bamba, and Eddie Heckard at that cornerback position, but really you need four and five corners that you can rely on. And could some of the younger players on that roster step up into those roles? Sure, and potentially they could, but I understand that BYU will be looking at cornerback as something they will absolutely pursue in the transfer portal. And the other thing that BYU, uh, based on what I understand, will also be looking at is a potential of adding a, a linebacker or a safety if it's the right type of fit. And what I mean by that is if they can find a guy who they think is a difference maker or at bare minimum would come in and immediately be uh, on the depth chart. That means in the two deep, uh, a guy that's going to play a significant amount of snaps for BYU they will uh, look at that. And it wouldn't surprise me they would also do that for the offensive line, etc. It's kind of the whole NFL draft philosophy. There are points in the draft that you take what they call as best player available, BPA, best player available, and just take that person and fit them into your roster. If there is an out-and-out starter caliber player, no matter what the position is for BYU, that is interested in the Cougars in that transfer portal period, I think BYU will make room for them and get them into this program. And I have it on, I guess I would call it fairly good authority that they would look at that. So uh, I think the the bigger question right now with regards to BYU is, okay, how do they go about shoring up this roster? And I think the biggest thing is, is use this spring ball period. There are five practices in uh, as coming into today. Today will be uh, day six of BYU's 15 allotted spring practices. Uh, media availability and observation around noon mountain time down there at the student athlete building, excuse me, not the student athlete building, the indoor practice facility in Provo. Uh, I'll be down there collecting some more interviews, that type of stuff, and looking forward to it. But I think the bigger thing for BYU is just to make sure that they uh – keep developing what they have in Provo right now, but also supplement that roster at the same time. And that's a big thing that Mark Pope also talked about yesterday in his uh, season roundup uh, media session. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment. But one final thought on the football side of things is I'm very much looking forward today to seeing, okay, after two complete weeks of BYU football, and I guess also hearing from people uh, during the post-practice availability, I just want to hear how they feel like they're progressing. And now they are going to be essentially two fifths of the way done with their spring ball period. Where do they think they stand? Where do they still think they need to go? Where do they need to improve? Because BYU is coming up fairly quickly on that spring game. That'll be the tail end of week four. Now, you said, well, they're having that March 31st. They're going to wrap up August, uh, April 14th, Jake. How are they doing that? Well, essentially, they're taking a week off between that spring game on March 31st and then the final week of drills. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle it and obviously how they respond in the next two weeks. But I'm looking forward today to getting more details on how they feel that they're progressing now as they approach the halfway point of spring camp. All right, coming up here in a moment, as I mentioned, I want to talk a little bit about what Mark Pope had to say, some very interesting comments from him. And I think some of them a little more glaring than others. We'll delve into those in just a minute and get you guys a little bit of what I think might be going on behind the scenes. First off, our uh, word on our friends over at FanDuel. We mentioned that our title sponsor on today's show. Well, the NBA season is coming to a pretty swift conclusion on the regular season and also March Madness is ongoing. What a crazy first day uh, for my bracket in particular. But now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. The best part is new customers from our friends at FanDuel are getting what they call a no-sweat first bet from FanDuel. It's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. The best part is you can bet on anything under the sun. Prop bets, money line spreads, some of their specialized exclusive bets like a 2x3, a 2 three-pointers scored in the first three minutes 
minutes by an individual player. The best part is FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay that you can put together as well. So don't miss out on your chance to get your no-sweat first bet from our friends at FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more now. Make every moment more with FanDuel and a for- official sports betting partner of the NBA. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. UCCU has opened a new branch in Vineyard to celebrate UCCU's giving away with a 2023 Kawasaki Terex 4 UTV. The new branch is offering all the benefits of a UCCU branch you've come to love. Multiple drive-up lanes, a 24-hour ATM, and what UCCU calls their new interactive teller machines, or ITM for short, which provides you all the benefits of meeting with a UCCU professional either in the branch or right from your vehicle. It's a virtual connection with a remote teller with a highly personalized audio and video connection. So to celebrate, you can do that with UCCU by entering to win that 2023 Kawasaki Terex 4 UTV. The winners you may announce in early April, but the entry deadline is March 31st, my friends. Just a few days left, uh, in theory, for you guys to enter to win this 2023 Kawasaki Terex 4 UTV. Stop by the new branch in Vineyard today or enter to win at uccu.com. Don't hesitate and hurry and get entered. You don't have to be a member of UCCU to enter, and there is no purchase necessary. It's all courtesy of your friends over at UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for checking out Locked On Cougars and making it a part of your day, my friends. I want to remind you guys, if you're trying to get kind of the intel on what's going on with college hoops, uh, March Madness ongoing right now, after the weekend is over, when you caught up on where the carnage finally uh, sorted out, make sure you check out the Locked On College Basketball podcast. Everything you need about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big-name experts, insiders, players, and coaches alike. The best part is it's available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a great, great product they have put together. All right. Uh, so let's continue on here and let's flip over to BYU basketball for a moment. Mark Pope spoke to the media yesterday. Uh, there were rumors that were completely unsubstantiated. Let me be very, very clear about this. On various message boards, I was sent links to multiple things. Jake, is Mark Pope going to announce his re- resignation? No, folks, he was not going to do that. Uh, There have been uh, rumors out there that he is uh, potentially looking at other jobs, but which coach doesn't look at bigger jobs? And the thing about Mark Pope is, folks, I've said this before on this podcast, Mark Pope is not a BYU guy, and that's not a bad thing, but he's not a BYU guy through and through in the same sense of what Kalani Satake was. Kalani Satake grew up a BYU fan, dreamed of playing for Lavelle Edwards, got lucky enough to be a standout player out there in Missouri, signed with BYU, had a great career as a player, and now returned as the head coach to take the spot that his uh, beloved former head coach, Lavelle Edwards, occupied for 29 years. He has lived the dream as BYU's head coach for the past eight seasons, and you can guarantee Kalani's got no interest in giving that up. Mark Pope, on the other hand, A, did not grow up a BYU guy, went to the University of Washington out of high school as a guy who grew up up there in the greater Seattle area, then transferred to Kentucky and played for Rick Pitino and won a national championship there. His ties to BYU are minimal at best, at least before he got to BYU. Has he enjoyed his time at BYU? He's been effusive in his praise of what BYU has meant to him as a coach, giving him an opportunity uh, to lead this program. But it would not surprise me in the not-too-distant future that Mark Pope says, hey, you know what? I'm taking another job. That, That Call me a, a, what you will. I just think that's how it's going to play out. Do I think it was going to happen this offseason? No, I didn't think it was going to happen. He's obviously under a lot of pressure. He acknowledged uh, one thing in particular with regards to the last four years for BYU. He pointed towards three areas that have kind of gone, they've backslid since his first year. One, of the uh, one shooting, especially the three ball. Two, possession, taking care of the basketball, turnovers, that type of stuff. And then the experience factor, having older players, having a veteran roster. And in many ways, I, I saw Post Jimmer uh, talk about this, Steve Pierce. Steve Pierce nailed it. 
When you have a ready-made roster the way that it was for him in his first year with TJ Hawes, Jake Toulson coming in, Yoli Childs, they had a phenomenal roster that could shoot the ball, A, the number one issue we talked about. They took care of the basketball at a phenomenal rate. Very rarely did they turn it over. They knew what they were doing. And by the way, they were also, in many respects, either redshirt or just uh, true seniors on that roster leading the BYU basketball program. So there was no doubt after that first season it was going to backslide. But it's backslid in a huge way. And he talked yesterday about wanting to fix that. He also said that uh, he essentially wants to keep the roster core intact, if at all possible, and help them build that experience, take care of the basketball, just kind of understand the scheme. But he also added this, quote, we'll be super aggressive in the portal and see if we can augment our daily growth in terms of adding veteran bodies. Well, veteran bodies to me means that he thinks he can go out and get one, two or three guys potentially or even more. I don't know. But to come in and help BYU win. I, I, I said it earlier this week, he cannot afford to have another 12 man turnover on this roster this uh, offseason. That would be just just overkill. Unless everybody just decides they're sick and tired of playing for Pope and leaves the program and you're forced to do it, do not, and I mean repeat, do not do that, Mark Pope. The biggest thing for him is, I think, to bank on continuity's sake and supplement that roster. Uh, so we'll see what happens, but it's very interesting to hear him talk about. We're going to be super aggressive in the portal, as he has always wanted to do. But then, with regards to the portal, well, he also had this to say. Quote, uh, well, okay, first off, he was asked, uh, I think it was Kevin Reynolds, if I recall correctly, from the Salt Lake Tribune, asked the question, he said, have you been losing recruiting battles due to NIL? And Pope was very frank about it. He said, yes. He says that the NIL is always going to be a complicated thing at BYU. It's not going to be the place where it serves as a quick fix. But he also added this. Uh, we're not on the cutting edge of NIL, and that's okay. He said the strategy of BYU on NIL has to be a little different than most places, and he's not wrong about that. BYU is very, very, very slow. They were in on the NIL thing from the from the jump. They remember they signed the Bill Bar deal very early on with BYU football. But when it came to having these collectives, these uh, third party entities that could facilitate money between athletes, uh, that type of stuff was very, very something that BYU is very wary of as a university. And he's going to have to deal with that. He's going to continue to have to deal with that as he goes forward as BYU's head coach for however long it's going to be. I appreciate him speaking out, saying that he needs more support on the NIL front. The problem is you're going to have to compete in simple dollars and cents form. And if, okay, if it doesn't sound, I should retract that. If you think that, if he simply thinks that BYU is going to just pony up a bunch of money for him to be able to go and throw a bunch of money at these uh, guys and say, hey, come play for me. Here's X hundred thousand dollars, whatever the number might be. That's not how it's going to work. That, that BYU's Royal Blue Collective is not going to sign a blank check, hand it to Mark Pope, and says, go get your guys, bud. That, that, that's just not the way I see it happening because BYU has been, they're very, very image conscious, and that would kind of drag them down into the mud. And they BYU doesn't play in the mud. So that, that's the thing about this is BYU will be very, very careful about how they go about this and judiciously kind of dole out what they're going to do. So it's going to be something that Mark Pope is going to have to battle. He's going to have to do more than just hand guys a check and have them come to BYU. He's got to sell them on the experience. And the biggest thing he can do is guys like Rudy Williams, who have come into BYU this past year, I'd have them pitching guys that might be their replacements and say, here's what BYU can do for you. Here was my experience. I was here for a short period of time, similar to you. You can 
can live by the honor code rules. You can, you can do this. Have them be your spokespersons. Do that. That That's something that BYU should absolutely be doing. The other thing that Mark Pope also talked about in this is that uh, when it comes to the Big 12, you can tell that he completely understands what they're going up against. And in some ways, I think he is just nervous about what the future for BYU basketball is. I, I said this, I think, on the Monday edition of the show after sign, not, not signing day, uh, March Madness, Selection Sunday, uh, this past Sunday. I remember thinking, and I said this on the podcast, when is the next time I'm going to see BYU's name up there on Selection Sunday on CBS or whatever entity happens to be broadcasting it? Four, five years down the road? Is that is that too soon to expect that? That's the concern that I have for BYU basketball going into the Big 12. There will be everybody and their dog, it feels like, associated with the program will tell you that moving to the West Coast Conference actually hurt BYU when they made the move. It essentially downgraded BYU in the West Coast Conference. Well, now they're making a move that uh, is going to hurt them in some ways in terms of their overall just ability to win games. So (laughs) it's a really tough spot for BYU basketball to be in. They're going into the premier college basketball conference. I picked the Houston Cougars, who are a future member of the Big 12, alongside BYU, to win the NCAA tournament in my bracket. Well, based on how my bracket did the first day, I don't have much hope of actually winning any of my brackets, but nonetheless, that shows you that there's a program coming into the conference who Jake Hatch has picked to win the national title. That, that shows you the depth and breadth of this conference because seven of the ten made the field this year. Two of them were just on the outside looking in, either in the first four out or the next four outs. They were just on the cusp of getting in. So nine of the ten programs in the Big 12 are NCAA tournament caliber or at least on the cusp of that. And then, by the way, you're adding a Cincinnati who's got a really rich history. UCF is a growing program, but Houston's a, a power program right now. You're just you're battling for the dregs of that conference on paper right now if you're BYU basketball. And I can understand the the nervous nature of what Mark Pope, he understands he's going up against. He has got his work cut out for him. And does he ultimately pay the price at some point down the road? Only time will tell, but it's just, I, I can get where he is coming from, kind of speaking out and being like, hey, this we're going up, we're, we're, we're up against it a little bit here. So very interesting stuff from Mark Pope. Uh, I'm concerned that he almost seemed nonchalant at times during some of his comments about how rough this past season was, but also at the same time, he tried to project that he he thinks that for continuity's sake alone, he thinks BYU can be better prepared next year, but then kind of on the flip side of that, in other answers, he looked downright terrified of being a member of the Big 12 and having to face the prospect of climbing past multiple NCAA tournament caliber teams every single year, just to get a sniff at playing in the postseason. It's gonna be it's gonna be a grind for BYU basketball. It's gonna be a grind for every program that's going into the Big 12 for BYU. Every program outside of men's volleyball is making the jump into this conference. And it's a power five conference. And that not just extended just to football. Like I said, it's basketball. Soccer's very good. Softball and baseball is one of the premier conferences for those two. So all a lot of these programs are gonna be up against it and face a really, I think, difficult uphill climb to relevancy, but this is what you this is what you took on. You're making more money and now hopefully you can reinvest that money to help your programs get in theory better along the way, but who uh doesn't 
doesn't paint all the necessarily a rosy picture for BYU basketball, but we'll see where it ultimately all goes uh, goes down. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we get to more of your questions on today's show, and also another look back at one of the 155 games that BYU has played in their football history. Uh, road trip to UCF. Hey, a future Big 12 member. BYU played them in 2014. We'll talk about how that went for BYU in just a couple of moments. First, a word on our friends over at Built Bar. Absolutely love this company. They've been with us for years now here on the Locked On Podcast Network. The biggest part right now is they are celebrating March Madness in their own way. They call it Built Bar Madness. And what they do is they have a, a they put a bunch of Built Bars on a bracket on their website. Go to Built. Uh, excuse me. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com and cast your votes now for your favorite bar or puff. The best part is they have got some of their all-time greats on there. And the best part is I probably got six or seven of them I'm going to be voting for in every round. Who ultimately will prevail? Well, guess what? You have your say on that. So go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites today. The best part is while you're there, you can still place an order for your Built Bars and also enter to win. 50 Locked On listeners are going to win a free box of Built and then one Locked On listener is going to win a year's supply, a 12-month supply subscription to build to have built best bars and puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. This is a phenomenal phenomenal promotion from our friends over at Built Bar. Like I said, you also can place your order while you're there and at built.com use the promo code locked on 15 for 15% off your order. So do not hesitate, get to Built Mar- Built March Madness. I can't want to say Built Bar Madness, but it's builtmarchmadness.com to cast your votes now for your favorite bar or puff. The best part is they are the best tasting protein bars in the world. I encourage you guys to enjoy them. So once again, builtmarchmadness.com and enjoy our friends over at Built Bar. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Cannot thank you guys enough for your support of the podcast, as always. All right, on to more of your questions that we did not get to on yesterday's show. Uh, we got to Jay Royals earlier on. Now, another question coming in from Curtis uh, Bracken, I believe. It's, it's Curtis B-R-C-K-N. says, after the first few days of free agency, where would you like to see Jaron Hall end up? Do you see him as a backup or getting lost on a practice squad? Now, that's going to be interesting. It depends on where he gets drafted, Curtis. If he gets drafted in the sixth or seventh round, he very well could end end up on a practice squad. If he goes more in the third, fourth, fifth round range, what I have been told multiple times by NFL talent evaluators is that they think he's a fourth or fifth round pick. That probably puts him on an active roster for an NFL team. And he's, he's developing, hopefully, uh, as a guy that can be a high-level backup for an NFL team. I think there's a bevy of different places that he could fit in very nicely. One that I just, there's this thought of me just because of his, his physical skill set that could fit, and it's just they're in tor- turmoil right now now because they're actually trying to lock down their star guy is the Baltimore Ravens. Now, uh, why I say that is because Tyler Huntley, who was at Utah, has fit in very well there as a run, dual-threat type quarterback, similar to Lamar Jackson. I think that Jaron Hall could be that type of a quarterback if called upon. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, sincerely I guess homerific on this. I'd love to see him with the San Francisco 49ers, but they already have two really young quarterbacks on that roster already. Uh, but I think that the nice part about Jaron Hall, he's got the mindset and the skill set. I think it fits in with a number of different NFL franchises. We'll see where it pans out. But the, in terms of his being a backup slash 
lost on a practice squad, as you said, Curtis. It all depends on his draft position. Uh, next question coming in here. Let's see, where did it go? Uh, Nick Chadwick, what are one or two things you would change at BYU to allow more athletes of our faith and others to get accepted into school? I feel like once players get here, most love it, and it shapes them for the rest of their lives as examples of Derwin Gray and Margin Hooks. And you're not wrong about that. Uh, there are a number of guys that come to BYU, maybe not necessarily uh, fully understanding what BYU is all about or just not necessarily wanting to embrace it uh, right away, but they come away really enjoying their experience. And you mentioned two guys right there, two of the legends, Dewey Gray and Margin Hooks. They have spoken very vociferously over the years about how great BYU was for them, and both of them are not members of the LDS faith. But the biggest thing is BYU, academics-wise right now, they're so stringent on their academics, and they can be because they just have such a, 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 a huge a group of people that want to go to school there, they can be picky and choosy when it comes to athletes and students alike getting into that school. I, I don't know what you can do outside of maybe expanding the, the student population a little bit, but in many ways, BYU is so landlocked right now, uh, they're going to have a tough time to do that. I saw, I think Ben Criddle mentioned, he'd like to see BYU potentially double its enrollment to 70,000. I was like, what are you talking about? There is no room to put 70, uh, to me, 30 plus more thousand students in that area in Provo. Absolutely, it cannot do it. It's already bursting at the seams in many respects. You cannot do that. If you wanted to go more of the Arizona State Grand Canyon route where you have a bunch of online students, maybe you could work that a little bit, but to actually double actual enrollment, that ain't going to fly because Provo just, the, BYU, the campus itself, it is, it's landlocked in so many different ways. And BYU buys up every piece of land they possibly can surrounding the campus. They're actually, I speak from experience. I have people that I know that have been authorized at points during their time either working for BYU or representing BYU that if somebody offers up a piece of land that's adjoining to the BYU campus, they have essentially an ability to hand that blank check over to them and say, we'll buy that right now. They, they, they understand that they need to have opportunities to expand the campus in different ways, but to double the population like Ben was proposing, eh, that's way too, that's a bridge too far. It's, it's just, it's way too far. And that's going to be interesting to see how BYU does it. But honestly, I, I don't see much outside of just uh, telling people we're kind of like, uh, we're, uh, I don't want to use that the analogy is Stanford, but it doesn't work. But BYU is very selective, and they can be because they have so many people. So many people want to go to BYU. I'll tell you right now, I got into BYU with grades, a transcript, and an ACT score uh, that got me into BYU. I would get laughed out of the building and get it sent a rejection letter in two seconds flat today. It's really just seen a major uptick. So, Nick, I don't have a ready answer for you. I apologize, but they're, they're, they need to examine that and see what else uh, they possibly could do, but I don't know. I just I don't see a ready-made answer there, so apologies for that. Alright, uh, a couple more questions before we call it quits on today's show. Uh, Ryan Welling, what is your BYU basketball transfer portal wish list? We clearly need another big, but we need a point guard as well. Those are the two I'd be looking at. Obviously, I think Dallin Hall is a nice point guard, but have another guy who can uh, really initiate the offense and uh, take care of the basketball that'd be important to have my number one thing is is a big man a true big man uh, uh, six foot ten six eleven seven footer who can hold up in the middle against the big 12's best is, is that going to be easy to find no because everybody needs those that's the thing about this every program is looking for that guy but that for me I, I would actually uh, say big man and then everything else behind that with a chasm between the, them they need that big man in the middle to free up guys like Fusini 
Kenny Traore and Tiki Aliatiki. Are they nice players in the post? Yes, but they are undersized. And the Big 12 will expose that even worse than the West Coast Conference already did. All right. Next one, Sam Emery, 89. Any idea we could expect in the next few weeks with the transfer portal and the basketball team? And who did you pick for your bracket? I think I already revealed that. I've got Houston winning. Uh, but with regards to the transfer portal for the basketball team, uh, Mark Pope in his comments yesterday said that he had exit meetings. He called them like round one last Friday. Round two is today. And round three is next week. And don't ask me. He he tried to explain what, what is going on. They're kind of talking about like piece by piece, doing a post-mortem on the season and talking about, Okay, we need to improve here. We need you to do this. You could cover that in like one meeting and then essentially guys can make their decision, but it seems like it's going to be a little bit of a laborious process here. And it may take some time if guys ultimately decide to be to leave BYU for them ultimately to do ultimately to make that decision because they haven't necessarily met with the coaches as many times apparently as the coaches want to meet with them. Just an interesting thing about that. We'll see how it plays out in the next few weeks. Uh, Wild Tur- Turkey Fart Blunt says, do you think it'd be a good idea for Pope and his staff to pivot and try recruiting players from the portal that are good at basketball? Well, uh, Brian, yeah. I, 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 Yeah, they need to get better players. Good basketball players make coaches look really good. It's a fascinating, uh, I think, idea there, but that's exactly what it is. And then uh, Amber Roberts here. How crazy are the Lions for moving on from Jamal? He breaks the rushing TD record and gives them the most positive PR they've had in years, and she has the arms up uh, shrugging emoji. Uh, it's dollars and cents, and they felt like they could upgrade at the uh, running back position. I actually think that Jamal's landing in a very good spot because Alvin Kamara is going to be the star running back uh, for the New Orleans Saints, but he gets injured uh, fairly often. The other thing about this is he's not a power back. You're going to see Jamal plow in for plenty of touchdowns in New Orleans uh, Saints gear now playing uh, for New Orleans down there. And I think that he is going to be a fan favorite in New Orleans just like he was in Detroit, Amber. So don't worry about that. It is kind of weird that Detroit decided to move on from him because, as you mentioned, he was just an absolute PR home run for them. But I think Detroit's loss is absolutely New Orleans' gain. And our good friend, uh, last one uh, coming in, and actually, where did that go? I apologize. Uh, Daniel asked this. What is your go-to at a Mexican restaurant? Go-to meal at a Mexican restaurant. Well, when it comes to Mexican restaurants, uh, I am a big fan of enchiladas. If a place I know has good enchiladas, I'll go for that. I also am a big fan of fish tacos. And uh, fish tacos can be really hit or miss depending on the restaurant you're at. If I know a place has fish tacos uh, that are decent, or at least I think I've heard there are good things about them, I'm more than willing to try those. And then the third thing I'm always game to try, if if all else fails, uh, is carne asada. I, I don't think you can screw up carne asada. You're grilling meat. It's like... It's like grilling a thin steak. So those are probably the three that I go to most. Uh, Number one is probably fish tacos almost over anything. But then also chicken tacos are in the mix. I love Mexican food. It's really, really good, and I enjoy it. But, yeah, those are probably my go-tos when it comes to eating out and dining, uh, I guess, uh, out at a Mexican restaurant. All right. Uh, that is all the questions. I think I got through all of them this week. So really fun stuff. And uh, say, so, okay, so we're out of time. So uh, we will hold off on talking more about the 2014 season for BYU. We'll actually do that on Monday. The nice part is we still have a long way to go in this off season. So we'll get you. We'll we'll, we'll keep rolling along with these lookbacks. All 155 games for BYU. We're already into the 2014 season. Uh, funny enough, 2015 is when Bronco Mendenhall left BYU. So we're almost halfway through this. Uh, we're not too far off from that. So we'll break that down. 
down on Monday. We'll also talk about what I learned uh, from watching practice today at BYU. I've got some interviews uh, in the queue that we're working on. Atu Naisamahe is a guy that I've already talked to. We'll get that interview out to you guys next week as well. Expecting to talk to maybe a player or a coach today at media availability for BYU that we'll have next week. So should be a fun week ahead for BYU football. Uh, we'll see what happens with basketball. Uh, may your brackets be going up in flames if you, if you don't care. As, uh, here's the thing with brackets. Uh, I fill it out, obviously. I've, I do it for work and that type of stuff. But I fill it out, and then I'm like, you know what? I love when madness reigns supreme. And that's what we've gotten so far, at least uh, as I record this podcast on Thursday night. But really, really fun stuff. And enjoy the weekend. It's the one of the best sports weekends on the sports calendar with these college basketball games going sun up to sundown. Enjoy it, and obviously we'll reconvene on Monday. Thank you once again for making us your first list, first listen of the day, excuse me. Uh, make your second listen our friends over now at the Locked On Big 12 podcast. They'll get you up to speed on everything going on in Big 12 basketball with the college basketball tournament ongoing as well as college football. They've got it all covered for you. Catch that on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts just like this show. So until Monday, hope you guys are all doing well and have a great weekend. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.